0: Hi, I'm Paul Havershood, host of The Cost of Living. It's a show about money and how it shapes our lives. In big ways, like why inflation could get worse if we all make more money.
1: Here's the hard truth in all of this. Workers are gonna have to eat that real wage loss.
0: And small ways, like what's the fastest way to order fast food? That first Big Mac that comes out of the kitchen is going to the drive-thru. Check out The Cost of Living. We're on CBC Listen or wherever you get podcasts. This is
1: a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. Today, my conversation with the legendary country and rock and roll singer Brenda Lee. And we might as well start with this. I love the... Uh, Brenda Lee and Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. I mean, it is that time of year, right? Christmas trees are being decorated. Stockings are being pinned on fireplaces. Advent calendars are being opened. You're trying to figure out how much Baileys you can get away with putting in your coffee on the weekends. And that song is playing everywhere you go. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree turns 65 this year. So we thought, what better time to catch up with Brenda Lee herself and talk a little bit about the song and her incredible career and... When I say incredible career, I really mean it. Brenda Lee, if you only know her from Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, was one of the most successful recording artists of the 1960s. Even though she doesn't get mentioned in the same, you know, sentences generally as Elvis or Johnny Cash or the Beatles, Brenda was just as successful. She sold over 100 million records, had 46 Hot 100 singles. She's been inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Taylor Swift once wrote an essay calling Brenda Lee her hero. So how did Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree come about in the first place? Why did Elvis Presley show up at Brenda Lee's front door? And how did she keep a relatively normal life compared to all those other people I just mentioned? Here's my conversation with Brenda Lee. Brenda Lee, thank you so much for being here. It's a great joy to meet you.
2: Well, it's nice to meet you as well.
1: You started performing at a really young age. We're going to talk about rocking Around the Christmas Tree in a second, but you've been performing since you were a kid. What are your earliest memories of performing?
2: Oh, goodness, my earliest memories are being um, on the Red Foley show, Perry Como show, Steve Allen show, uh, those kind of things. I started out in TV really young at about 9 years old, 10 years old, somewhere along in there.
0: Friends, here's Little Miss TNT. Rendalee! Dynamite! You're dynamite! you dynamite! Dynamite! Hey baby, when you get it,
1: dynamite! When you were 11, you get signed to a record deal. That's such a strange thing to happen to an 11-year-old. What was that like for you?
2: You know what, I... I don't even remember that, to tell you the truth. Um, I know it was a big deal for everybody around me. But I think when you're 11, you're just kind of enjoying the moment. You're having fun. You're doing what you do. And you just leave that side of the business to somebody else.
1: You know the, the thing about it, the, the story you have is really interesting because, and uh, we don't have to talk about this too much, but your your dad passed away when you were really young, when you were six years old. You and your mom worked was it sixteen hours a day at a at a cotton mill to provide for the family.
2: My mom did,
1: yes. And I can only imagine that um, you must have felt like, given that you were getting all this attention as a young performer, given that you were getting all this attention as a young artist it was not just a a nice thing to do, but it was probably a way for you and your family to get by.
2: Absolutely. Um, uh, I loved it. It it wasn't a job to me, and I know that I could have said at any moment, I don't want to do this anymore, and I wouldn't have had to.
1: So it wasn't a big weight to carry to know that you were sort of providing for your family when you were really young.
2: No, I I never thought of it that way.
1: Looking back now, do you see it a little bit... L- like that?
2: Yeah, I do now, but you know, nobody would ever come up and say, "Well, Brenda, if you didn't sing, your family couldn't eat." It was it was none of that stuff. We were a close knit family um, with our cousins, our aunts, our uncles. Everybody, when one didn't have something, the other one stepped in. So it w- it was great.
1: Where where were you growing up? Where was that? Georgia. Were you singing any old—you know, I'm a I'm a great fan of the old folk songs and the old ballads and that kind of stuff. And we had Dolly Parton on the other day, and she and I were talking about Barbara Allen and all those kind of old mountain songs. Did you sing any of those growing up in your family? Not
2: really, no. I was raised on um, Red Foley and Hank Williams.
1: Did you meet Hank? Did you meet him?
2: Yes. Did a show at the Bell Auditorium in Augusta, Georgia. And he was on the show.
1: What do you remember about him?
2: Tall, lanky, uh, big old cowboy hat. It wasn't that he wasn't cordial. It it was just that he was rushed around a lot.
1: Because you used to sing jambalaya on the bayou, right?
2: I did. And he wrote a song, one of the first songs I ever learned, called Matching Over the Hilltop. It was a gospel song. And I sang that a lot.
1: How does that go? I don't know if I know that one.
2: I'm satisfied with just a cottage below A little silver, a little gold Great song.
1: You know you're making my day right now, right? <laughs> let, me, let me listen to another one of your songs. Take a listen to this.
0: I'm sorry, so sorry
1: Be so if you can't hear it in my voice, just one of the one of the great songs that is Brenda Lee and I'm Sorry from 1960. I, I was nice to see you smiling while I played that for you. What went through your mind when you? Wrote well, I was there? thinking
2: about the writer, and it was in the heat of winter of uh, summer, and it was it was just a magical moment I felt.
1: I heard a story that the record company didn't think you could do it. They didn't think that a a, a young kid like yourself could...
2: Well, they didn't think it would be believable uh, that a young kid would be singing a, a song like that. But, you know, you, you can't ever outthink the audience. They know what they want, they know what they like, and they, they do it.
1: You mentioned that... Um... Song was produced by sort of the big three of Nashville producers of that era. Uh, the great uh, Owen Bradley, who worked, Absolutely. worked especially in, ca- in Canada, we would know his work with Katie Lang and uh, some of her work in the 1980s. Uh, I would know him best through working with you and working with, with Patsy Cline. And did, did Patsy Cline, I heard a story that Patsy Cline really took you under her wing. Can you tell me about that?
2: Well, she was one of my dear friends. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot, we we respected each other and uh, she gave me a lot of good advice and then we lost her.
1: Yeah, so sad to lose her at such a young age. What, what, what advice did she give you?
2: Be myself. Uh, if you feel it's right, do it. Don't be swayed. If you love a song, don't be swayed if nobody else does. Um, and just be yourself. You are who you are.
1: Let's talk a little bit about rocking around the Christmas tree. I think a lot okay. of people would be surprised to know, and I was surprised to know when I found out that you were thirteen when you recorded that song.
0: Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party
1: How did you end up recording tree, that song?
2: Well, it was brought to uh, Owen Bradley, who was my producer, by the writer, Johnny Marks. Owen just thought it'd be great to do uh, a Christmas song uh, that was really, really good, and he really believed in that one. And I loved it, and we did it, and it just it laid around a while, and all of a sudden it was in the movie Home Alone, and then it just shot up the charts. The
0: Christmas tree have a happy holiday
1: What did you think of it when you first heard it?
2: I liked it. I had to like what I recorded. I wasn't, I wasn't one of those artists that the producer would say, well, I think this is good for you. We're going to do this. I had to like it. Or I couldn't sing it.
1: Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree was not a hit right away? No. Um, it, it certainly wasn't. Well, now, I didn't know that. What do you mean it wasn't a hit right away?
2: Well, I mean, it certainly wasn't what it became. It didn't uh, It didn't right off the bat go up the charts. And then I got a phone call and they said, Brenda, have you seen the movie Home Alone? And I said, I have not. And they said, well, you need to go see it. Your song's all over it. And that's really where Rockin' got a big, big boost.
1: Does your life change at all after that?
2: No, not at all. I mean, I didn't know... If the song made $1, $5, $10, I didn't know. I was just doing what I love to do, and that was to sing.
1: We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank.
0: Jessie Cruikshank.
1: I host the number one comedy
0: podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl.
1: You and Mariah Carey get talked about a lot, neck and neck for the queen, queen of Christmas. Have you ever met Mariah?
2: No, I have not.
1: I think if you two met, they might have to postpone Christmas by a few years. We wouldn't be able to handle it.
2: <laughs> well, she's good. I'll give her that.
1: Speaking of music legends, in 1962, the Beatles opened up for you uh, during your residency in, in Hamburg in Germany. What do you remember about meeting the Beatles? That was right before they blew up.
2: Yes. Uh, John was my favorite. I talked with John more than any of them. I don't know why, but we talked a lot about music and old-timers in the industry and people we liked and all that kind of stuff.
1: What were they like back then? What 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 were they like on stage? Did you get to see them?
2: I did. They were good. They were teddy boys. They dressed like Teddy Boys, they were raw, uh, but they were good. You could tell that the talent was there. Close your eyes and I'll kiss you.
0: Tomorrow I'll miss you. Remember I'll always be true.
1: What did you and John talk about? Songs,
2: writing, uh, life. John was, I guess, the most introverted one, uh, the deep thinker of all
1: of them. There's another story I wanted to get off f- from you. It was that Elvis Presley showed up at your house one day because he loved your song, Sweet Nothings.
2: Yeah. I signed an autographed copy of it for it. Can you tell me that story? He just showed up, and I'm like, "Oh Lord, I think that's Elvis."
1: Hold on, you're sitting at home. You're sitting at home at the table, and you hear a knock <laughs> at the door, and it's Elvis Presley.
2: <laughs> well, that's kind of how it happened. Now, see, my manager and Elvis's manager, the Colonel, were very, very close. In fact, they were in partnership on managing uh, some of the entertainers. So we met and we appreciated each other and respected each other. And that was it.
1: So he knocks on your door and you go to the door and you're saying, okay, I wonder who's at the door. It's Elvis Presley. He's the most famous person in, in the world. And he's saying to you, hey, I really love your song, Sweet, Sweet Nothings. Can you sign this for me?
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> and I did. I said, sure, I can.
0: Come me in a minute.
2: He did. I signed it. He left.
1: I have a little bit of the song. Let's listen.
0: Uh huh, honey. All right. My baby whispers in my ear. Sweet nothing. He knows the things I like to hear. Sweet nothing.
1: That's a great song, Brendan.
2: Isn't that a good song?
1: What do you remember about recording that one?
2: Oh gosh! That was a good session because we all of my sessions were good because all of the musicians contributed ideas um, and it was a very personal it wasn't just a run in cut a song leave uh, my sessions were personal and the musicians took a big part in it and I loved it.
1: You mentioned that um hank was was uh, Hank williams he said he was tall and it's not that he was, he was aloof, but he was, a, he was a little bit distant. And you mentioned that Patsy Cline was really warm and very nurturing and, and gave you great advice. Brenda, you know, like, you got to understand that these people are mythical to me. You know, these people are, are like cartoon characters to me. In particular, Elvis, Elvis Presley. What, what was he like? I hear he was very, very polite and, and very, very sweet.
2: He was very, very gentle and sweet and kind. He loved his family, especially his mother. He loved his life. He never expected it to go as viral as it did. I think he was even surprised. And I think a lot of his success bothered him because he couldn't get away from it he loved it but he never got a break He he was a sweet,
1: sweet man. I think you're smart like that, you know that, if you don't mind me saying so. I think think you've seen a lot of people of your generation and and who have had big hits like you enter that sort of like big stratosphere and it kind of ruins their life. It seems to me as an outsider like uh, you've always managed to keep a relatively simple life at home while having this really, really big career. Do you know what I mean by that?
2: I absolutely do. I've had a wonderful husband. Uh, I have two wonderful daughters, and I have three precious grandchildren. God has been good, and the fans have been good, and they've respected our privacy, and uh, they're my friends. You know, they're my friends.
1: I mean, is that intentional? Is Is it the kind of thing where you're like, listen, I can see how this life can turn out. I want to have a simpler life.
2: I think some of it was. I do. After I got into it and it and it got so big and so spread out, I think some of it was.
1: Do your grandchildren know that their grandmother's Brenda Lee?
2: Yeah, they don't care.
1: (laughs) 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 And that's the truth. They don't care. They don't care that she's a legend. Their their grandmother's a legend.
2: Uh, No, they don't care. And that's good. That's a good thing.
1: I hope when they come into the house, you get the Grammy out and show it to them just in case.
2: (laughs) I don't think they know what it
1: was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I should say Elvis wasn't the only fan of of Sweet Nothings. Just take a listen to this. Ah! So I can I can see your face there. That is rapper and, and hip hop producer Kanye West with a song called "Bound 2, and that samples "Sweet Nothings" by Brenda Lee. Did you know about that?
2: Oh, okay. I couldn't I couldn't figure that one
1: out. Did you know that that existed? Did you know that he sampled "Sweet I Nothings"? I did know
2: that existed.
1: What do you make of that?
2: Well, you know, you're always proud when when another artist uh, honors you by doing your song. It's it's always a nice thing.
1: Well, um. I mean, look look at back at this incredible career you've had. You've been inducted into both the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Country Music Hall of Fame. You won Grammys. You influenced some of the biggest musicians in the world. Taylor Swift, I heard, wrote an essay about how important you are to her.
2: That's what I hear. I wish I could find it.
1: I'm sure we could track it down. You're Brenda Lee. I'm sure we can track it down for you.
2: (laughs) Well, she certainly had a, a run. I'm proud for her. She's a sweet, sweet lady,
1: and and a great. Speaking of songwriters, a great songwriter as well.
2: Absolutely.
1: When you look back at this incredible career you've had, what what are you most proud of?
2: I think I'm most proud that I have always treated my fans with respect and loyalty and love, and they've treated me the same way.
1: Brenda Lee. Um, what, what a joy, what an honor it was to get a chance to talk to you, truly. Thank you so much for Thank making you. the time.
0: Thank you. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop Mistletoe the where you can see every couple tries to stop Rocking around the Christmas tree let the Christmas spirit ring
1: Very cool to get a chance to talk with uh, Brenda Lee. I'm very grateful to be able to spend a little bit of time with her. And that song went to number one. Pretty cool. And only now is that song going to, to number one. It reminds me, do you remember when Smooth by Santana came out with Rob Thomas? And everyone was like, it's Santana's first number one. Oye, como va? Didn't go to number one. You know, Black Magic Woman never went to number one. Power Rob Thomas uh, the other episode we have up today is uh, <laughs> maybe maybe rocking around the Christmas tree would have gone a little bit sooner Rob Thomas had been on it. The other conversation we have up today is my, my chat with the uh, Vancouver poet Bradley Peters who uh, wrote a book of sonnets about his experience with incarceration and he'll talk a little bit and I, especially if you're like into English and like English even if you're an English teacher I'm the, I'm the son of an English teacher how the form of a sonnet mirrors incarceration in a way that allowed Bradley Peters to finally open up about his experience with incarceration. Okay, go check that out. We'll see you soon. Later on.